Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets. No, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome back to We Watch Movie. I'm Mike. He's Jay. That's fucking Freddy. We're on a fucking couch. Why aren't you here? It feels <laughs> weird and dark inside. Well, it's oh not really God. a couch, but there's like cushions. I feel like I'm on a... So here's the deal. You guys might notice that there wasn't a Michael Myers, Dr. Loomis trailer reaction to this. And what we're trying to do is, it, 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 is maybe seep this through a little bit cleaner. What we're going to do is we're going to have Jason and Loomis react to the Michael Myers videos once we get to Halloween this Halloween Horror Month. And we're going to make it up to you for not, because we just didn't want to overdo it too but much. But wait, there's more. <laughs> we're actually going to have something special planned for a Nightmare Part 2. Yeah. For you sexy fuckers out yeah. there that keep on tuning in and loving that Loomis Myers Jason bullshit that you fucking love. It's not bullshit, it's great. So what we might do is later on down the road we might do something for the trailer reactions for these. But for right now we do have something cool planned for you guys for Nightmare 2. And then the trailer reactions will continue. The beatings will continue until morale improves. We will have something for you guys for Freddy 2. And then again, like I said, Jason and Loomis will be reacting to the Halloween trailers when that comes up. So look forward to that. So Nightmare on fucking Elm Street. Well not that classic shoes. At the cinema Photography Center of Watiga, Illinois. That's a fucking terrible place. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1, 1984, Wes Craven's masterpiece. I don't know if it's his actual masterpiece, but to me it was. He I did love, a lot, Jay. I love this fucking movie, though. To me, Nightmare on Elm Street, I love Michael Myers. Halloween is great. He's like the hero of heroes. But it's Nightmare on Elm Street for me, then Michael, then Jason. But nonetheless, this movie basically tells you one thing. One night on Elm Street, and you really are fucked. <laughs> It, 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 I mean, it defined, like, in the 80s, it defined, like, why you should fucking buy, like, coffee pots, make friends with it. Because 
how crazy is it? How crazy is it that you fall asleep and be the best fucking marketing ploy for a coffee or a coffee pot? They should have went with that shit, man. Like imagine right. that. Like you bought this coffee pot, or Freddy's gonna get your ass. Be, Freddy uh, can't kiss you if you don't sleep. Well, it could be Freddy Krueger just doing just for the taste of it. Ah, vultures. Uh, but anyway, uh, look, the the idea that uh, a killer, a serial killer that's all burnt up and nasty can get you while you sleep is fucking genius. Like, that is such a great idea for a boogeyman, and that's exactly what Wes Craven went with. And not to mention the fact that it was based kind of loosely on a real thing that he that he experienced. Yeah. Because in the in the California, he said, I think that uh, some kid had actually died in his sleep. Uh, it only affected South Korean men, I think, or, or something like that. And the fact that, you know, the parents had made him go to sleep after a while, maybe dripped him with, like, some fucking sleeping pills, he, he screamed and thrashed around in his sleep, and he died instantly when he hit the floor. Like, something was chasing. Him. There's and several stories behind that too. There's also the story that there was this dude outside of his window. I think I think the guy just died because he had a pop quiz the next day and he just wasn't ready. <laughs> there was also these guys that that came over and they and they were complaining about a bad dream they had and they refused to sleep. And then when they went to sleep, they would die. There's several stories going around. There's also a story that when he when Freddy Krueger he got the idea because when he was a young boy, yeah. he looked out his window and saw a dude wearing like I don't know if it was that sweater. I can't remember. No, the he said he, he, he said the guy was he said the guy didn't have the sweater on, but he he said he was a bum. And he had like burnt, you know, he was burnt and he was wearing a cowboy hat. But he said, you know, yeah. that I dude think was a Sancho. Yeah, Wes Craven, though, he said Wes, he wanted more than a Sancho. Wes Craven was seven years old, like peeking out, you know, over the banister, looking down at the, at the street level of this guy. He just said he stared up at him. And he said, you know, he ducked down and he waited like 10 minutes. And he looked back over and the guy was going, <sighs> He was still staring at him. And he said the guy made a move towards his apartment building and he heard the door open yeah. and somebody was coming back out and the guy ran off. But he said it's like this guy, but they, you know, Wes Craven explained it as this bum was smiling at him when he looked back over the banister as well. Like he was getting off on the fact that he was terrorizing this little boy. Yeah. So the idea behind Freddy Krueger came from that. And actually, Fred... Fred was, uh, or Freddy was the name of its childhood bully. So fuck you, childhood bully. You got yours. <laughs> and another thing on top of that, let's 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 knock this baby out of the bed really fucking quick. Uh, there, there's the whole thing about Freddy being a child molester. This is this yeah. is where it comes into play. Originally, the script was written with Freddy as a child molester, but then they decided because there was there was this big case going Something on in California yeah. at the time, they didn't want to. Nobody wants to, you know, profit on it was some too sensitive, fucked up sensitive. shit like that. So he actually decided not to. They made Freddy a child murderer in this movie, not a child uh, molester. So, so I mean, there's, will, a, I mean, it's a little say, better. People will say that Freddy was a child molester, but actually, technically, he's not. And I prefer him not to be. I, I get it, but. The, the the whole issue that comes into play with that is that later on in the later Freddy movies, when 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 Robert England and Freddy Krueger got famous and everybody loved him and the movies were shit, but Freddy was fun to watch, yeah. people were rooting for him. So if you interject that in, no one's going to root for a disgusting fucking child molester. So it actually works better in that regard, but in the remake, they did tie into that. Well, we'll get to that. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a weird juxtaposition of the whole character itself. But anyway, so let's Start. go into 1984's let's Nightmare just, on Elm Street. Not think about that little guy. Yeah, fuck that let's little guy. Let's just put shit little so, uh, Freddy Krueger, what we go with is we take, it takes place with Nancy and her group of friends called Glenn, Johnny Depp, what's up, uh, Rod, his debut as an actor, up yours with a twirling lawnmower I blade. like Rod, dude. Rod's cool. And then Tina. Uh, and they're Tina. all having these dreams about a scary booger man that's been fucking playing near the furnace got that with, these, sugar. with these nice fingers and uh, trying to kill him. The, the, the very beginning of this movie... Uh, yeah, no, I got excited too the I first time. It. Uh, you always swallow, okay? Just make sure you remember that. But the thing about, I like the beginning of the movie, 
like to me, the beginning of the movie is so cool because they show this dirty, gritty kind of you know entrance, and you see Freddie making the glove and and sawing it down, and then putting his hand in, and just the way it's shot, it's the so beginnings of a classic. Yeah, it just it's so like I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it does have that weird grindhouse. It's got that yeah. weird dreamlike state in it that makes you feel weird and even when Freddie when you get to see the dreams that these kids are having and you get to go along with them while they're having these dreams it still always puts you in a position you're like oh my god I forgot to change my underwear because you're like there's a fucking lamb you know there's weird teeth you know what the fuck it, it really was like a dream like yeah. uh, you, you dream weird shit like fucking in a dream like uh, maybe a fucking sunflower seed talking to you and you're like why are you there but I don't know but you might be good but then Freddie comes down and scrapes a boiler room you know rail but it was all it's done so well. Like the story itself is actually done so well. I mean, we're we're making jokes and stuff, but the, but it's such a solid, solid fucking entry. Dude, this fucking movie is to me, and this is gonna sound crazy because it's just a vaunted, famous fucking movie. But to me, Nightmare on Elm Street is one of the most underrated movies in, in history when it comes to actually being scary. It was scary like when as people fuck, talk yeah. about the scariest movies of all time. They talk about you know the, the Exorcist stuff like that, and everybody knows that Nightmare on Elm Street is famous. It's it's one of the it's the one of the biggest slashers. It's it's one of the top three for sure. Yeah, but people I think forget how scary this initial movie was because it did the best thing that a scary movie could possibly do when it hits you with one thing it doesn't do that and I like the Conjuring movies but it doesn't do what movies do today which is oh we wake up the next morning and everything is fine and then that night bad shit will start happening again it's not predictable in this movie the dream states what was going on with that and when shit really hits the fan in Nightmare on Elm Street it continues to fucking escalate there's scene after scene after death scene after fucking crazy stairs melting goddamn people being dragged down hallways oh it's my just, god it's non-stop coming at your papers college. with fucked up <laughs> shit. And this is one of the scariest movies. Not famous, most scariest movies I've ever seen in my fucking it, life. It, it definitely has the chills and thrills to keep your butthole puckered for most of the film. Especially if you're going to watch this in, you know, in the theater. You imagine going in 84 and watching this and not really knowing what you're getting into. Non-stop. But, oh my god, Ma, I got to fucking come home because I'm scared. It, was, it definitely would be one of those movies that you would think about after you're leaving the theater like, I can't fall asleep tonight. No. I guess I'm going to be fucking. And that's, the, that, <laughs> so, that's, the, that's uh, the quintessential part about the whole thing. It's a genius fucking idea because no one can fight sleep. You, you, everyone has to fucking sleep. And when you're doing something, it's inevitable. Freddy's going to get your fucking ass because you have got to sleep at some point. Yeah. There's that, and then they do something genius where they take teenagers and they take this, this suburban area and they tie it into where, you know... Uh, this shit's so crazy and it sounds so batshit and nobody believes kids anybody any, anyways. So you've got this feeling of, uh, it's inevitable, I'm going to fall asleep, he's going to haunt me in my dreams. And at the same time, my parents, mm-hmm. my teachers, my friends, nobody fucking believes me. Nobody takes me seriously because I'm a teenager. And it's almost this feeling of abandonment on top of what's happening to you. And it makes it, because when you're a teenager, man... Uh, the fact of your, uh, you always have your parents or whatever for protection, you know, at least when you're a young kid. Yeah. And this, <clears throat> it was almost like the parents abandoning their kids because what they're saying is so crazy. Well, I mean, and it, it just I mean, adds to the truth. On their, on their side, it, it would be fucking crazy. Right, that's until, what makes it so scary. Until they say, you know, we'll get, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to fuck you in the biscuits. God, I'm going to in your fucking biscuits. Did you have butter on it? Because it's going to be. Better get that goddamn safe gravy. Anyway. Your, set, your gravy better be safe. Get out of my dreams and get into my car. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I would have told Freddie, and then he would be like, oh, no. So, uh, okay, so let's get into the whole Nancy situation. Nancy is living at the iconic Freddie house, but we don't know it's the iconic Freddie house yet because it's the first movie. She's having these dreams, and 
so is everybody else around her. Tina especially. It really focuses on Tina at first. And it actually kind of, it kind of like leads you around astray because you think that Tina might be the hero. Because yeah. in a way, you think that, okay, well, she's the first girl they show and she survived it and she's like letting everybody else know about it and they're not really kind of believing her. You think that, okay, well, maybe Tina might be the one. But then Nancy comes along with her fucking book smartness and she's like, no. Uh, I believe it too because we're here for Tina. Yeah, and oh god, I've been so mad at John. He's like, "Bitch, I will be Captain Jack Sparrow we'll one day." You have no idea. That's a fucked so, up moment in life. But what's happening is, he's, yes, after after Tina has these fucked up weird dreams about Freddie, and by the way, what they show with Freddie is Freddie very he, he very soundly speaks, uh, and they just show him in shadow effects. But you see, he's burnt. You see the nastiness of the makeup, and that was really effective. I thought that was a really smart idea that he does talk. I mean, he is one of the few iconics. That talk, and he's gonna, you know, and and you know, his whole, you know, his the way he talks really is what sets his sets him apart. Yeah. But uh, and, they don't. But Wes Craven, originally, Craven originally did not want him to speak. But it was cool. That, but it was cool that he does talk because he's got this guttural sound and he, he's scary. He's not really even funny really in this yet. Um, but the fact that he hides in shadow and you only see parts and bits of him and he like pokes around by I said it was scary. And um, what we find later on is that when Tina explains this to Glenn and Rod and uh, to Nancy, they all pretty much correlate the fact that they're having the same dream, except for Glenn and Rod, because they're dudes and they're not going to talk about it. And it's a revelation <clears throat> for the audience as well, which adds to this creepy fucking rising of fear and scares going on, because you're like, oh shit, they've all had the same dream, that's creepy as fuck, we're all going to die. Yeah. Someone make me a hot pancake. Pancakes, hot. <laughs> Only way to get through Lots of breakfast night. food talk so, on this uh, episode. Yeah, so, you know... Shout so out Tina's had a, Tina's had a hard night. She's had hard nights, and they've decided um, Nancy and Glenn to go over to her house and chill with her for a while, and you know get her through bullshit. Well, while doing that, they all come to the realization again, like they've already come to this realization, but it really comes to that point when they say, "Okay, we've all had the same dream." Rod comes over, and I like Rod's like a, a fucking dumbass, you know. Not like, I don't know what I was going to say, like a bad boy kind of guy of the he's 80s. He's Judd Nelson in Breakfast Club. Yeah, he just doesn't care about you. anything. Yeah, he's like, um, will you pro? Because <laughs> I'll kill you. So, But he's like, you know, he is like Judd Nelson from Breakfast Club. And he comes over to basically fuck Tina. He wants to fuck Tina. Yeah. And he doesn't want to bomb home. He doesn't want to talk Your about. Not home. But he takes Tina in there to fuck her. And he, while he's fucking her, it must have been good. Johnny poor, Depp. Johnny, poor, poor Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was going to say, man. You never say that again in your life. No, yeah, he gets everything. That's possible. what happened. That moment he was like, never a fucking gift. Yeah. He's like, I'll no more it. Heather Lane kiss like, for me. God damn it! He's like, I want, I just want to, I just want to touch your boob. I want to, I want to touch your temple. I want to go around your temple and I want to have some fun with it. It was the worst scene, dude. And then she's like, we're here for Tina. Yeah, they go inside to have sex, and he's like, you know, he's being the good guy. He's here. He's there for his, for a friend or whatever. And so far up to this point, it's all been PG. You know, like PG fun. Like we're gonna we're gonna prank my mom and, and call her on the boom. I was thinking about the uh, exorcist. But, yeah, but, but, yeah. That's, that's, that's another fun thing yeah. too. When you watch Scream and you it's watch really, this, yeah, like, there's a lot of tie-ins to it, like the window scene specifically. But he, you feel so fucking bad for Johnny Depp's character because he, he's being a good guy. He's not an asshole like Rod. But then Rod and her go upstairs to have loud. No one's sex is that loud and lasts for that long. By the way, I've heard it once before and it was weird. But you know, it's strange, especially not in high school. Yeah. That point aside. Sexual pleasure lasting as long as it does and being as loud as it does inside. Everyone's different. But he, he goes, he just wanted to give her a kiss. He was like, you know, maybe. Well, we no, he wanted more. He but was like, good for him. Yeah, Tina's obviously flaky as fuck. And she's like, I'm so scared of this dream. But now that he's here, and even though I'm scared of him, I'm going to go upstairs and have sex with him. Will you guys please hang out downstairs? And then Heather Langkamp's character is like, we're not, we can't be doing that. We're here for Tina. Well, here's the problem. I'm Johnny Depp. I'm like, Tina is fucking flaky as shit. Like, 
Like, I, I was like, Tina's what, upstairs I, having sex. Listen, uh, hot sex. Nancy, what's your friend fucking Becky's number? Because you're really a drag bitch. Because so I mean, at that point, because he even like laying on the couch, and Heather, go Heather Landon goes upstairs to sleep in you know Tina's fucking room, and while poor Johnny's like he's like listening to that, I'm like, why couldn't you all fuck? Like I don't understand, but whatever. Okay, that happened. Or at least some heavy rubbing. But then during all this is going right? on, we actually get two scenes on the back end of this that are really iconic and really cool. You know, we've tried to build us something here. Uh, when Heather Lightning Camp is sleeping, when Nancy's sleeping in Tina's bed, and the and the crucifix pops off the wall, you get fucking Freddy T one thousand his face through the wall. Like, hot shout out! I don't know. Hot shout out! Hot shout out! Hot shout out! Hot takes part one. Shout out to my wife, by the way, who helped me build this thing today. Yeah. So fucking you see you. this fucking iconic thing coming out of the fucking wall, which is great. It was an amazing scene, and it was really cool to see that in '84 because the effects weren't there, but it looked really, really good and effective. And then after that, you get a death scene with Tina, which is a fucking phenomenal death scene. But Tina, after fucking, she's tired, obviously. I mean, Rod did his job. He rotted it to her. Uh, she's sleeping. Guys can have bad dreams, too. God, yeah. go to sleep. I'm and not then she starts dreaming, hearing somebody throwing rocks at her window. She goes outside to investigate, as you do, I guess, by yourself, in, like, fucking skimpy-ass clothes. So I say, Rod, I you could have cuddled, at least. Jesus yeah, Christ, he, was, man. he didn't like the touch. Uh, you know he smelled like jupe. He probably smelled like ass. I mean, he probably, I mean, to be honest with you. like leather and juice. No, Rod probably smelled like body odor and ass. Well, it was, I mean, it was 84, so he probably smelled like corn, he probably had corn, corn, corn pops, no. cigarette smoke, oil, and juke. No, he smelled like crustaceans, that representation, so I'm just telling you right now. He was wearing tidy whities <laughs> yeah, and that was, that was straight up fucking Skarks. But anyway, which means, never mind. So, she goes what outside. What do you guys think Rod smelled like? Comment down below. So he goes, she goes outside to investigate the rock throwing at the window. Again, in skimpy ass clothes. I mean, and I gotta say, she looked pretty damn good. I mean, huh? And, you know, she's hearing this shit, uh, you know, and she goes out in the alleyway, which, by the way, all of a sudden, like, they go from a suburban neighborhood into an alleyway. Uh, did they step into Manhattan? Because it looked like a fucking Manhattan alleyway. It just, you know, there's trash cans and it's all smoky and it's dirty looking. And then you see fucking Freddy laughing and he does this arm extension thing and starts scraping the wall. Now, obviously, the effects, you could tell that they were limited because they, you know, you could look, it, the, the way his arms stretched looked like shit, but it was scary. Like, I don't know what it was. It felt like it was not herky-jerky enough, but it was almost there to be fucked up. That's what it was, dude. It was, it, it, it was a little bit low budget and it did look kind of fake, but at the same time, that just, it's one of those weird scenarios where it fucking just adds yeah, to and it. It makes laughing. it feel realistic. The camera, and the, and the entire movie, the camera is a little bit I shaky. Do. It's a little bit low budget looking, but at the same time, the, the, the next scene you have, he's cutting off his own fucking fingers. Well, I was going to say, green shit. I did think it was funny when he was running down the street because he was like, <laughs> I mean, because he, he looked like a midget. Like, he looked really short running down the street. And I guess that was the angle of the shot, but it just didn't look, like, as scary. But when he got, and when he steps out of the tree and he starts yeah. cutting, that was scary. And then he jumps on top of her and he's going to fucking murder her. When Rod finally wakes up and, you know, she's screaming for Rod, he drags her up the fucking wall. <laughs> screaming and like, for Rod. <laughs> yeah, she wants that rod. Lay it to me. Uh, My name's Todd the Rod. You know, it kills her off. That was such a cool fucking effect. It was so, Amazing. wow, wow, what's happening? Before you even get to that, though, I, I do want to throw a, a quick notice to the fact that what makes that street chase sequence so damning and fucking scary is because the low budgetness, all the shit, yeah, sure. But the fact of the matter is it felt like a dream. You ever had one of those fucked up dreams yeah. where just random shit happens? Maybe more than any other of the Freddy movies, 
when, when, when these movies really succeed in scares, it's when they give you that strange dark area, that gray area. This, this feels like a dream where anything could happen and things are just really fucked up and backwards and don't make sense. And that's the ultimate, that's the most scary shit that you can crack out of the fucking egg of this franchise. And that was one of those moments. But yeah, yeah the next that, scene is that was a, That was a phenomenal scene that everybody remembers. Her being dragged up the fucking wall and then killed on the ceiling and then falling into a pile of blood and then splashing Rod's face. And Rod like, I will fucking kill you! Because that's why Glenn and... and uh, Perfect. I, I think the only part that, that kind of detracted it for me is when, when uh, you know, Nancy's upstairs trying to open the door. And then Glenn runs up and she's like, you scared the shit out of me. And they just had this, like, this low-key conversation really quick about how he scared her. I'm like, bitch, just open the door. Like, your friend's dying and you can hear Rod's clearly screaming at somebody. They finally break the door down and they see all this blood and the window's open and Rod's gone. Cops show up. Nancy's dad. He doesn't believe any fucking thing John she has Saxon to say. John Saxon is a motherfucking badass. John Saxon He's is a beast. awesome. He's one of the best actors in this entire movie. Yeah, he should have taken over Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, but he, like, shows up. Doesn't believe really what Nancy's saying because Nancy's fucking distraught but she's saying that Rod's missing. They blame it on Rod immediately. They say this motherfucker is a jealous boyfriend. He's definitely killed her the way sense. that she was sliced. But by the way, I want to mention really quick. I go back really fast in that, in that death scene. When he splits her fucking guts open. Damn, dude. That looked fucking good, because right before he drives her up the wall, you see her fucking tits and everything, and it's like, Fuck. I mean, he wasn't playing. Freddie was slicing them tits. Yeah, I would have been, if I had been Rod, though, I think you'd be like, I should have fucking drank so much. Like, how what the do you do fuck that? is she? What that's what I'm saying. If you're in, in that situation, situation, in that situation, and, uh, this, okay, this is, no, wait, I know, I know what I was going to say. I got it. I got it. I got it. Jibble jobber. Jimmy Jabba, Jabba Jaduba. I give you a hundred bucks. I'm from, from far, far south. <laughs> Jimmy Jabba, everybody know that. Jimmy Jabba. Uh, <laughs> no, because you're watching this shit happen, right? And you're like, this bitch possessed. Like, that's the first thing you think. I mean, that's what will pop into my brain. And she's like, right. I've seen paranormal activity. I know how that shit ends, okay? Speaking, screaming for Mika, and then your shit gets slashed up. I'd be like, bye. <laughs> I'd fucking open the door and run the fuck out. I probably would do what Rod did. I mean, because Rod sits there, I guess he's in shock, he's like, Tina! And he's doing, I was like, no, I'd be like, bye. Because why would you be crawling on the fucking ceiling? What are you doing? Get down from that back! <laughs> uh, but it would, it would freak me out. I would think that she was possessed. I wouldn't even think that somebody was killing her. I think that that bitch crawled up the wall like Spider-Man and she's possessed. Question two of the day, what would you be thinking of that scenario? Like, really, what do you do? Like, Rod did, like, the only thing you could do. Which is be right like, out the window. Whoever did this, I can't see you. I'm gonna fucking kill Shit, I'm gonna run. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's smart. exactly what I would yeah, And he didn't put his shoes on. So, uh... After all this went down, like I said, uh, Nancy's dad shows up and all this stuff's going down. They blame Rod immediately. The next day, we find out that, you know, Nancy's mom's a little bit fucked hard Shitty weird. fucking mom. Uh, she's a drunk. She's such a shit mom. And she drinks that vodka all day long. I, don't even, I think it was Snops. She was just like, oh. no, honey, it's going to be fine. Let me just make this. Yeah, I'm so we find out that she didn't really believe her. She's, she doesn't want her to go to school, which, I mean, good for Nancy. I look she, like an extra from Rocky Horror. She Ford wants to go to, what? It's going to be fine. She wants to go to school anyway. So she goes to school. Then Rod shows up while she's walking to school and takes her into the bushes like Michael Myers. I thought that was a throwback. I thought that was kind of a nod to Michael Myers because you see the bushes and he just kind of steps out yeah. and he grabs her. I thought that was cool. I, maybe it might not have been. I don't know. But it felt like one. And he's like, I didn't kill, I didn't kill Tina and all this stuff. And she's like, well, what happened? But then he turns into the uh, uh, into Demon from... Uh from Jason 5 or whatever it was. Ooh, he's, like, he's like, bitch, you gonna get it. Because yeah. he was like, well, she don't fucking believe me? Don't fucking say you don't believe me. And he starts moving towards her. Yeah. And then obviously her dad's like, hold it right there, young man. I could have played James Bond if it weren't for those goddamn kids. Well, so they arrest his ass and he goes to jail for murder one. Or at least on uh, possibility. 
Nancy continues her way to school, and she's like, you used me, daddy. I mean, if I've been Johnson, it's like, get the fuck over it. I'll get you a goddamn gift card to Fazoli's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, John Saxon, like, you want some lasagna, little yeah, bitch? He's badass. Dude. John Saxon really played this part so well. And uh, anyway, she goes on to school. Get you that sampler. <laughs> it's a big day. You like that spaghetti? It's a big day at the Land Camp House. Uh, so anyhow, she goes to school and she's sitting there in the class and she's falling asleep. And by the way, it's fine. How many breadsticks you fucking want? Unlimited, unlimited breadsticks. <laughs> uh, uh, but who's the teacher? Uh, Oh, Bob Shea's, uh she played in, you know, the, what was it, uh, Insidious. Lin Shea. Lin Shea, his sister. And by the way, I know I said a long time ago, his wife, I meant his sister, I'm sorry, okay, fuck it. But it's his sister, Lin Shea. I don't Shea. even know what you're talking about. Lin, well, in, yeah. in one of the videos. Yeah. But anyway, sure. uh, Lin Shea's in it. That, I mean, that was cool. And Bob Shea was the one that, you know, produced the film. But anyhow, uh, you know, Nancy sleeps, she falls asleep. And then this one guy was like, and no one will remember you. And it's funny, you know, the guy that's reading I'm David S. Pumpkins. The guy that's like the reading, the, yeah, the guy that's reading the poem or whatever. It's funny because I think that they mentioned Wes Craven or somebody did that. The guy did that on his own, like, that, <laughs> like that was his thing. Like he, they told him to be scary, and they that's said awesome. that he just made that voice. I and they, hang out with that. Well, no, he's like he just made that voice up to be as scary as possible. I was like, I know, but I don't think he was pretending. I think he actually reads poems <laughs> like that. Like he was like, I want you in the worst way. Like it was weird, and then. She looks over. Now, this is where it gets weird for me. And I'm like, okay, I know, like, Mike and I are good friends, but if I'd seen this shit, like, fuck you. Like, Nick, uh, Tina is in the doorway in a body bag being like, Nancy. And then she's like, you know, she's obviously fucking dead. Nancy gets up to go chase her. Fuck that. If I saw Mike in a body bag, like, Jay, like, I mean, you're dead, bro. I know. You're dead. I'm not chasing it. Quick story, one time I was in the hospital and they thought I had appendicitis, but true story, I actually just had constipation, but they were out of room, so they put me in the ICU, I was like 16, and from the outside of the door, I can hear you and your brother walking up, <laughs> I can hear you guys walking up to the front desk and be like, is Mike here? And they were like, oh, he's in ICU, and you go, is he dead? <laughs> I'm like, you fucking assholes. Well, you gotta be real about it. So but anyhow... Tina is in the doorway, and that was a cool effect. That was a really scary effect that they did with her in the body bag, and you see her face, and it's all like bloody and stuff. And so Nancy runs out of the room, as you do, I guess, to chase after her friend in a body bag, because she's probably still alive, right? You pass! Yeah, you're not alive, bitch. You're in a body bag, and you just chase after a corpse. But she goes out in the hallway, and she runs into this one chick, and she's like, hey! And then she was like, I'm sorry, or whatever. And then she's like, where's your hall pass? She's like, fuck your hall pass. And she's like, no, running in the halls. I'm like, and it was Freddie, obviously, because she was, you know, the red and green sweater. And that part looked kind of cheap. Yeah, but it was all right. It was kind of scary. I mean, I'm sure it was scary in the theater because it was a jump scare. And she runs down, finds the basement. She sees the body keep being. She follows this bitch all the way into a boiler room. Into a boiler room. I mean, first off, chasing Nothing a corpse. Bad happens in a yeah, chasing a corpse down the hallway should be enough. Y'all making hot dogs? Like you could be like running down the hallway, like, okay, I might just do this because I'm trying to be a friend. And then as soon as it goes down the steps, ballparks like, or Somerville? I'm like, hey man, it's a big question. Ballparks. I just need to know. I like ballparks, but I'll show. She up runs into the fucking basement, and that's when you know she's introduced to Freddie, and we go from there. I mean, Freddie, Freddie at this point becomes really fascinated with Nancy. I always felt like Freddie was super fascinated with Nancy more than any of the other people on Elm Street. Ever. I don't know why, I guess because he felt like she was uh, some kind of challenge to him, like she had a really strong will. And I think that Wes Craven actually explained that a little bit more in a documentary that he did. But anyhow, 
she burns herself on a fucking pipe to get out of it. But again, I want to talk about how scary Freddy is. Again, they don't show much of Freddy. You don't see him full on. You don't see him full flavor yet. You just see parts of him. Yeah. And he does Perfect. he does talk a little bit, but it's not like, you know, it's not like welcome to prime time bitch time. It's just fucking like, I'm going to fucking gut you and shit. Like, almost like Scream. And then she burns herself on the fucking... Well, what she does, she burns herself on, on the boiler room part, and then she wakes up screaming in class, which I've done that before, too, especially when I know that I failed a test and I fell asleep. But, uh, and then she... No, that's when you ate that school pepperoni pizza and you realize you had to take a dump. Oh, no. And no, then, that's... Then, our, our, our high school didn't have doors on the bathroom, so you couldn't shit there. You had to call your mom and be like, Mom, like I prison. really gotta take a dump. It was like prison. Take we were in a prison high school. That happened to me one time. No, dude. but you remember those square pizzas? Those things yeah. would make you take a dump they in went instantly. Like, but they were Good. They were weird. Good, I, dude. I, they were weird. Good. You go to a Save a Lot or you go to one of those cheap ass stores. You could find them like in loads. Those are good. They're fuck you they're up. Good, they're man. good. But no, one time I, I fell asleep in history class and they they made us push our desks together. So we had like four desks pushed together. Yeah. And I fell asleep and it was good sleep. And then the bell rang and I woke up and I didn't think about it and I just stood up. And everybody was getting their backpacks shaking around and I just stood up and tried to leave too, but my legs were completely asleep. <laughs> so I literally just went. <laughs> And they went, ugh, and <laughs> fell over into a whole table of chairs, and everybody laughed at me, so I know what that's like. But well, she wakes up screaming I, like I, I, didn't, I, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't just wake up screaming like, well, not screaming like her, but have you ever done that thing when you fell asleep in a class, and you wake up because you jerk? You're like, oh, oh, yeah. And then, I also you know, used to get a boner at 11 o'clock every day in I middle school. I still get them. I don't know why. I still get them. Miss, I can't remember. 12.30, every day. She was a bitch teacher. So come on. There was but, no one even attractive, but 11 o'clock boners every but what day we on find, tap. What we find out with Nancy, though, is that she looks at her arm and she sees the red mark on her. And so we realize that what happens in your dreams happens Talk in your life. fear. Yeah. So Inopportune boners. Yeah. So anyhow, I don't want to go over every single fucking thing because there's a lot of minute details that we could discuss, but this, this, this review will be like 80 minutes long. Yeah. But what I want to say is that Eventually things go on and go on and you know she fully on believes that Rod didn't lie and that there is this man killing him in the dreams and there is a part like where Glenn you know her boyfriend Johnny Depp is talking to her about how these monks you know are able to control their dreams and they just turn their back on the boogeyman to take power away from it and so she really starts thinking about this but Rod gets killed eventually in jail by Freddy that was a cool ass death scene and there was there's actually a really sad thing about that if you watch the documentary about uh, about Rod uh, I think he was on drugs when they were making the movie, yeah. and there's this really... You guys got to watch uh, Never Sleep Again or, or whatever. It's a fucking... We reviewed yeah, that years ago. Yeah, it's a great documentary. It really goes into depth all over the place with all these nightmare films. But anyhow, the reason why she sees him being killed is because she calls Glenn and tells him about, okay, listen, I'm going to go into my dreams, and I'm going to bring this motherfucker out, and then I want you to come over here and stone cold cock him. That's a stupid fucking plan. Well, you know, I would have been her boyfriend after that. But anyway, but Clint's like, yeah, I, but I would have still been pissed about Tina's fucking part. And that's that's a weird thing when you talk about these movies. It almost made Freddy a little bit more scary, because typically in Friday movies and shit like that, you got, like, assholes die. You know, assholes fucking die. You have sex, you die. You do drugs, you die. You're an asshole, you die. Dude, Johnny Depp's character was a nice fucking dude. He was a nice dude. He was trying to help, and he got the, he got it fucking hard. I like the way he died. He got that. He got that. He got that fucking Niagara Falls death. And he and I, I like him too because he's like, no, it's cool. He's like, I'll, I'll I'll stay up with you. It's fine. He's like, but I am gonna put my TV in my bed. I'm gonna have my badass headphones. I'm gonna watch X Files. I'm gonna watch Fresh Prince. X Files went on then. I know, but for me, I'm thinking about me when my parents well, I don't when my it. parents finally gave me full reign. They're like, stay up as late as you want to. I'm like. 
I got four channels. I got Fox 56. I got that tiny tube TV with the VCR in it. I'm going to put that shit in my bed. Well, I'm going to watch X-Files. Yeah. I'm going to watch Judge Judy. I'm going to watch Jerry Springer. I'm going to watch fucking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'm going to watch all that shit, and we're going to have a good time. Well, so you had a shitty one. It's just my, what, my what was, think of. Mine was Rescue 911 and Unsolved Mysteries. Those two Obviously. double taps. Those, uh, double taps. I, double tap greatness. Yeah, those scared me a little bit. Though. But anyway, not Rescue 911. Uh, it made me think of Unsolved Mysteries, so it, it was coming it on also after. scared me. But anyhow, so what happened? Okay, but the first time that Glenn actually tries to stay awake for for Nancy, I mean, and she gets fucking pissed at him, which made me even hate Nancy more in this movie because he fell asleep. He had a long day too. I mean, you're not the only one with problems. Yeah. Um, People are dying, Judy. Yeah, but so she goes in, and oh, by the way, they take her to a hospital to kind of monitor her dreams and see what's going on. She takes his very exorcist-like scene. Yeah, they take. She takes his hat off his head. And shows it to her mom, and her mom's like, "What?" <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> and then when she's like, it even has his name written in her mom, Fred Krueger, Fred Krueger, which eventually it leads her mom to get drunk enough to tell her after she pimp slapped her earlier in the day Huge. that that the, what the happened, what had happened was, is that this what fucking people, what, what this piece of shit did was kill kids, and we tracked him down to his old school, to his old place, the uh, boiler room, and we fucking burned his ass alive. And I took his gloves. I even took his gloves, so you're safe now, honey. Big plot hole with her mom. Maybe not even plot hole, just a stupid fucking character that I hate. I hate her mom in this movie. You mean to tell me that you've been looking at your daughter, whose friends have been fucking dying, impossible goddamn deaths, all over the fucking place, right. and you've been being like, ah, oh, it's fine, we'll just drink some peach fucking schnapps, and you can go fuck yourself. Why do you keep on being up on the schnapps? Because how do you know it's schnapps? I think they were schnapps. If you look at the bottle, it doesn't look like vodka. It looks like schnapps. Maybe I'm an alcoholic. I don't... Well, what I'm telling you is the flavoring so. of the... It, it looks, looks like, like snobs to me. Maybe it was. But what I'm going to say is her mom fucking sucks because you knew this Dick. all along. All this shit she's been going through, all of a sudden you're like... You would think that she'd be like, oh yeah, oh my god, you're dreaming about Freddy. You would think that she would at least stop to be like, there's something to this. This is fucking weird. We should move. We should tell someone. We should do fucking anything. She goes, you know what she does? She goes... Oh, you're just dreaming about that guy that me and my friends killed when we were younger. It's fine. He, yeah, he's a real guy. Play Jin Rummy with me. You're having, Play you're you're having dreams about well, a real murderous killer and people are dying weird murderous deaths all around you. So now I know that you're safe. So just go to sleep, honey. Well, well here's like, the thing. What I, the fuck? I know, I know what scene you're talking about specifically where they really get into this. And it's weird. It's not just her. John Saxon does the same fucking stupid thing. Because it's after Rod's funeral and she mentions Fred Krueger's name. And she was like that he had the the, the 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 hand gloves and all that stuff. And they look at each other. Like, they know who it is. And they both ignore it. They both ignore but it. But he at least believes her a little bit. No, he doesn't. He helps a little bit. There's something in him going, that that doesn't make any sense, but no, he was like, I'm going to be watching. He was like, take get her some help. Like, he was just... He, so his ass wife's probably anyway, banging everybody in the neighborhood at well, this time. Well, you just don't like this woman. I don't like But anyhow, when she finally wants to have the final, the final countdown confrontation in Europe, what's up, with... Fucking Freddy Krueger. She tells Glenn with her Dixie cup, "Don't fall fucking asleep." And he's like, "Okay, fine." He's like, "Why?" He's like, "Be on your porch at midnight and wake me the fuck up." He's like, "Okay, fine." I'm so sick of you, you fucking prudish bitch. But fine, I'm gonna do this one more time. And if I don't get some ass, we're done. That's what he's thinking. I know it is. So unfortunately for Johnny Depp, but fortunately for us, because we get to see some badass shit, he falls asleep. I know. He falls asleep on his bed. And Freddy sucks his shit down like a butthole puckering up on the fucking midnight. I felt bad for him. But it was dude. cool. I was thinking about oh, like this. Man. I was thinking, because we, we see a really, I mean, it was such a cool death scene. Yeah. He gets sucked in to the bed, and then we got this fucking, like I said, uh, Yosemite fucking explosion of blood that hits the roof, 
And I was just thinking to me when I was watching, I was like, those records must have been fire. Like, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> those, those records were all fire. But uh, no, it was funny because, I mean, it, and, and you know, if you guys do watch the documentary, you'll see how complicated that shot was. Yeah. I mean, you could imagine. They had to glue things. I think a guy got electrocuted. I think a guy actually did get electrocuted yeah. making that scene happen. But, dude, it's worth it. It is one of the most iconic scenes of that I movie. I felt so fucking bad for his parents. Like, Coming I, in and seeing that? they didn't seem like they were shitty parents. Like, they came upstairs and they're like, oh my god, are you okay? Yeah. And all of a sudden all that shit's happening. And, and she opens the door and sees this. I felt so fucking bad for them. Like, oh my god, what that must be like. So but what Nancy has to do then is she... Home alone. Yeah. Nancy sets up all these fucking traps. Like, you know, Macaulay Culkin's sister. And, like, has everything going down. And, and she, you know, to her credit, she's readying herself. She knows what the fuck's going to go on because she's going to bring this motherfucker into our world. And uh, she tells her dad, though, screaming through the fucking bars like a prisoner, like con a conjugal visit, <laughs> please bring him. Uh, she's like, if something weird happens, oh, I'm sorry, she called him on the phone. And that was on him, too. Oh, wait a minute. You she's know what? across the street saying she's in danger, and he's like, I, I got it. Well, no. This dude's dripping through the ceiling. You're going to be okay for well, a few minutes. I'll bring you a TV dinner. I want to rewind a minute. Kick Stop. Cuisine. Rewind for a second. I also want to bring up the fact that when she called Glenn, I think, yeah, when she called Glenn to get him to wake up, you know, you have Freddie going like, you know, he's like, you're my, you're my girlfriend now. He's like, kind of lingus. It was weird. That was a cool scene. And she hangs the phone up. But she tells her dad before that, that she's like, if anything weird happens or whatever. And you know, look, I don't like, not that I don't like Heather Camp. I do. And I think that she's a solid actress. Her teeth always got my But it's nothing about her. It just pissed me off. She always had that fucking, well, I do yeah. <laughs> Something about her just pissed me off. I don't know what it was. We're here for Tina! But she's like, she's like, Dad, like, if I fall asleep, I start acting weird. Get over here. I'd be like, go to fucking sleep, bitch. What kind of special cue are you kids taking? Take some Satellipram! Boom! But anyhow, you know, he's like, fine, I'm gonna humor her. And he tells the deputies, like, if you see my daughter acting fucking weird, just tell me. And he's like, cool. She goes to sleep, and she brings Freddy out into our world, into the real world. And at first she doesn't think it happened, because she grabbed him, whatever, and then she yeah. said, well, I guess that was just a dream. Where's my beautiful house? <laughs> and then Freddy pops, that was a, that was a scary scene. I actually didn't expect it coming, because she went, she, yeah, like on the, oh, no, he pops out on the fucking oh, side yeah, of the yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like chasing her around, and then she, <laughs> <laughs> he always pops this up part, like, now let's play some fucking tag. But this is where it got funny to me. I mean, I know it's not, and I'm, I, I'm like, again, like in thinking of an 84, uh, watching it as a first-time viewer, you wouldn't think it was funny. But where she set all these traps up, she locked the door, right? And you're thinking that Freddy Krueger is super desperate, but he can't break the fucking door down. He's like, eh, <laughs> and uh, she's running around the fucking house, screaming out the window, "Help me! I got him in here, Daddy!" And the deputy's like, "Oh, took forever." But that's that's another thing. Yeah. Real quick, I want to put this in here. When you've got some some of the scariest moments come from and, and you may not even realize this when you're watching it but I, I feel like to me the reason that some of these moments are so scary is because one of the scariest things that can happen to you in a dream is to feel like you're sh you ever had a dream where you feel like you're shouting to someone to, to stop them like to help yeah. them and you have no voice or like you're trying, yeah, I, you're trying to get your parents but they're not there like whatever it is in a dream your dreams almost know your fears because you're like oh if I if I get in a fight and my arms don't move and I just get the shit kicked out of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Or you try to speak to warn yeah. someone and your words don't work. For me, the whole idea of your parents not believing you, not listening to it's you, scary. no one being able to communicate with you what's going on was relayed so well through this that it just unconsciously 
added such a big fear factor to these movies, and that was one of those moments when, when, when she's screaming for her dad to help her, and that fucking guy just took goddamn forever I don't like that face. to get some fucking help. It really felt like that helpless moment in a dream, and it's just, it's one of those moments that I feel like goes unnoticed, but it really adds to how scary this movie actually was. I've had those dreams before where I was screaming at us never to go watch The Gallows, but I never go to answer. <laughs> I actually used to have a dream all the time where I would look out the window to my parents, and they'd be out on a date or whatever, and they'd be coming home, and my dad's shitty green tourists, and I would always leave my Ninja Turtles van. You remember the van, the square Ninja great, Turtles van? Yeah, I would always leave it Love out, and I wasn't supposed to, and they would be about to hit it, and I would try to scream at them to tell them no, even though they're going two miles an hour. I'd be like, no, but I'd have no voice, and then they would hit it, and the car would flip over, and they would die. Did you? What the fuck was in that thing, you goddamn fucking psycho? I don't know. I was, did you go... Splinter. <laughs> but what I thought was funny though is the fact that <laughs> when Freddie Folly breaks the fucking door because he's been struggling with this bitch forever, she had rigged a, a sledgehammer above and yeah. it hits him with the gun. And he's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and his, his voice is so great. But in that moment, it's it so like, funny because he's like, oh, it's not like Joe Pesci getting hit. He's like, oh, like, it was funny. And then he runs down the steps, and you can tell that Freddie is just out of his element. He's like, what the fuck is happening? I just want to slice you up. And then she had this like trip wire, and he chips on that bitch. He's like, motherfucker. He's like, I can't get a break right now. I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going on. a little up. bit in that. They did. But when he runs downstairs and she catches his ass on fire, that was a cool ass Dude, scene. It was scary. That his looked voice fucking when great. When he was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, but there was a part. There, the, the, another the scene that made me laugh. Because she, she, it's so like, she made fun of It was like she was making fun of him. He was like looking around the corner like this, like trying to get all sneaky. And she came around the other side and she's like, hey, Freddy. He's like, oh. He's like, <laughs> he was like, you found my hiding spot. <laughs> and then she throws the gasoline on him and fucking burns his ass. But that scene looked amazing because he tries to walk up the steps. She kicks his ass back down the steps. When, when I talk about it feeling like a ride that never ends, you would think it'd be over then. But it's not. She goes to run up the stairs, and then you've got that badass, just dreamlike, fuck me in the face. Yeah. Quick stair step sequence, and then her dad finally shows up to kick the door down. They go upstairs. Maybe it's over now. Fuck no, it's not. No, says I. No you way. go upstairs, and her shitty fucking mom is in the bed, and she just disappears into a goddamn All water right. bed by Steven Well, Spikes. he was on top of her, choking her. Yeah. And that was a cool, because when he's choking her, and he's on fire, you see that she's all fucking skeletal being burned, because yeah. she got burned. And then, yeah, like, goes down like, you know, a Pink Floyd album. And it's shit, like, man. wow, shit has sparkles. The fucking roller coaster has gone to a fucking insane point. Where have we gone to, Jim? Like, oh, this is kind of scary, but let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going. And the shit, the crazy shit just keeps happening. By the time they get to her room, and he's doing that to her, and he's setting her fucking mom on fire right in front of him, and then she disappears into a goddamn waterbed, and John Saxon just watches that shit, and she's like, Dad, I just need a minute. And he just goes, I'm just gonna walk. I'm a, I, I feel like that's actually a natural response. You'd be like, I don't even know how to I, process I, I, this. I'm just like, gonna go outside. The only thing you can say is, Wilson! Wilson! Because <laughs> you're like lost at, like, lost yeah. at sea at this point. But yeah, Fuck. so Freddie finally, there was a cool, when he comes out of the bed though, and he's yeah. like trying to rip himself out, and then she turns her back on him, which I didn't like that scene. I know why Wes Craven did it, because yeah. Wes Craven didn't want to make sequels. It's, another, it's like a nerfing of like, Freddie again. Well, again, well, Wes Craven didn't want to make sequels. He wanted to make a cool ass fucking movie that was a one shot, one standalone movie that, was, that everybody would remember, and definitely would have been like this. She turns his back on him, and says, I take all the power I ever gave from you. I want my friends back and all this stuff. And we find out after he like disappears in like sparkle motion, he goes, oh. I seriously command your commitment to sparkle motion. Bedazzled, boom, bitch. Uh, Spear fingers. And he goes away. And then 
boom, she opens the door and she walks out into sunlight. Her friends are still alive. They pick her up at the convertible. And you're like, okay, well, I guess it's over. Like, I mean, that's a cheap ending to me. And, and that was what Wes Craven, I think, was maybe going to go for. I mean, possibly. Or maybe not even opening it up onto a sunny day. Maybe just having her turn her back, then opening the door, and then maybe credits. Which would have been a cool ending. But... This is, again, go back to the documentary if you guys get a chance to check it out. You'll see that Bob Shea had a lot of influence on this. They said they wanted to make sequels to this because of how good it looked in dailies. It looked like an amazing movie. So she opens it up. They get in the convertible. The top comes down. It's in the color of Sweaty's fucking, you know, or, or, or uh, right. Freddy's sweater. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, here we go. And they can't lock, you know, they can't and lock again, the doors. Like they drive off. Dream. Yeah, they drive off. Perfect. And then the most fucking amazing special effects ever was his Freddy arm reaching through the, the front door and pulling that, I don't know, that mannequin uh, sex doll in through the window. That's the thing, man. That scene right there fucking haunts me because it's like all they had to do, all they had to do was have her mom sending her off. She gets in the car. The top comes down. And then uh, maybe um, uh, Johnny Depp's character turns around and it's Freddy's face. And he's like, you're mine forever, bitch. Or whatever he says. Something to that effect. And then the car drives off. To me, that would have been way scarier. But you, you add this terrible effect where he reaches through. Terrible, he yeah. pulls her through like a, she's a goddamn pool raft. Well, you can see the it's, fucking you can, door. You, you can see it's clearly a blow-up doll. It's like, you terrible. can clearly see. Or just, you, or you, you, you fucking had it with that would, one scene. You, you had it. All you had to have to do is have Freddie being the driver of the car, and he drives off, and she's screaming for her mom, and her mom's screaming for her. And no, that's scary no, shit. No, actually, make it like what they did, where she's still smiling, you know, and waiting. Oh, yeah, you yeah, that, that. But even if you're going to have, even if, if, if you wanted that scene with her mom, just have his arm come out of the fucking window and grab her, and then her scream. You don't have to pull her in. I think the it's the Friday the 13th effect, man. They wanted a jump scare. You yeah. Know? Well, it, was, it is what it is. That scene sucked. But overall, the fucking film is phenomenal. It's amazing. It's I love it so much. I can't believe it's my precious. I'm going <laughs> to give it a 9.0. I love that oh, fucking damn. movie. Yeah, I love that movie. I give it a 10, man. Yeah, you're I'm gonna go shocked. Down. This is your no, favorite franchise. I know, but it's not going to go with 10 because, again, what ruined it for me was the ending. The yeah. ending effect really fucking took it back. And there are certain elements and scenes in it that just take it from what it can be and what it should be. Not the like. Look, Wes Craven made a phenomenal story with a phenomenal character that holds up the set. Like, he became like the MTV generation's um, iconic horror villain. Like he yeah. really did. I mean, Fred Krueger is synonymous with MTV in a way. Yeah. But <clears throat> there are things that just take you out of it because you can see what his vision is. And if you see like what his vision, is, the, my problem is beforehand I probably would have given it a ten. But watching the documentary and just remembering. You know, Wes Craven's interviews, and it sucks that he's dead, but what he talked about and what he wanted and why he wanted it in a certain way, and what Bob Shea, you know, he got involved. And, you know, thank God for Bob Shea because we wouldn't have as many nightmares that we got to chew on right now. But yeah. Bob Shea got involved and took away his creative vision on certain things. I think that movie would have been a fucking 10 and been exorcist-type yeah. scary it's, if not for certain things. It's a movie for me that, like, I can see one, two, maybe three points where it could have been actually better, but I still give it a 10, just based on its weight and based on, I feel like, it, as far as it being actually scary. Like, when yeah. you talk about the top 10 scariest movies of all time and, and, and the, the weight that it had, I feel like it's underrated as an actual, not, not a horror movie, not a classic movie, not a famous movie, but as something that's actually fucking frightening, I think it's underrated. So for me, it's still a 10, but I, I do see and agree with the same problems you have with well, it. Well, there's only one movie that I would, like, of the three Iconics that we're, we're reviewing. To me, it overcomes Well, there's only three that I, there's only one that I would give a 10 to, and we'll get to that reason why later on, and it wouldn't be in this franchise, but I mean, there is only one movie that gets a 10. 
but <clears throat> there's a reason why because it, it literally the director had full control over it yeah but this one again Wes Craven is a phenomenal director he wrote an amazing story and I think that if he was able to fully flesh out his ending and what he wanted it would have been a goddamn classic for classics it still is I mean still, don't get me wrong I love this fucking franchise my favorite franchise of all time but I gotta be fair and I gotta be honest about it it could have been more if certain studios had studio has hadn't been involved. I'm with you, motherfucker. Yeah. So guys, we've got several questions along the way. Comment down below on those. We we love you guys. Seriously, the reactions we've gotten to the podcast so sexy. has been insane. Can't believe I, that. I, I'm yeah. reinvigorated. I feel fucking great about life because all the nice things you guys said. We love your fucking faces so goddamn much. I can't take it. I feel fucking awesome because of you guys right now. Comment down below. What are your what's your all's rating for this movie and all the other questions we asked below. We'll be back with all the goddamn phrase and all the Michael Myers. We love your fucking faces. And if you're new to this channel, click that subscribe button to get some goddamn whammy opinion. Let me tell you something, motherfuckers. If you don't subscribe, we will haunt your goddamn dreams. We watched a movie. Yeah. We watched a movie. We watched it. We watched a movie. Yeah. You know what? We did review. We watched a movie. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details.